how do you overcome imposter syndrome? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is The Command Z Show. And welcome back to The Command Z Show. Shelby, how you doing? Good, good. It's not a Friday. We're recording on a Tuesday, as per our look at this. Our, our intended schedule. So look at us go. That is incredible um, that we are really ahead of things this week. Yeah. I love it. Um, I see the, the steam coming from your cup, and it looks like you've taken up smoking. I have. It's my new hobby. Not- um you know, we were talking about side side projects last week. Um, smoking's my new side my new side uh, project. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> there's weirdly probably more dangerous side projects that you could Honestly, do. So. Probably. No, I've got a I've got a nice mug of tea as as per usual. Usually, I've got. How long do you put it on your stove to get it to like be that? I don't. I, I have a kettle. Of course you do. I have a little kettle, and um, it's very nice. And right next to me, here, maybe I can show it to you for the people listening at home. Um, I keep a little, a little mug warmer on my desk. Look at that. Um, so it's basically like having a, um, I don't know, like a stove top on my desk to make sure that it stays steamy. Well, boy, do I have so many questions for you, but... <laughs> We're gonna we'll save those ones for once we're done recording. Um, let's uh, let's get into this. I hear that you have a question. I do indeed. Um, what is that question today? This was submitted, and um, I've had a few people ask us to cover this topic. Is how do you overcome imposter syndrome? Let's see. Where to start on that one? Um, I've always felt really weird about this question because I, it's going to sound bad, maybe, but like, I just don't feel like it affected me as much as it did other or does other people. I think for me, I'm generally okay with not being good at things and for people to know but what I do know is, I, I guess I've always had this sort of confidence of that I can figure things out, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, now there there's certainly been some moments and obviously it happened a lot more early on for me. But I mean, even as of a week ago, I you know had that little feeling where I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Um, maybe even, I don't know, it, I, maybe once a week or so, just, you kind of get that feeling, or, but I think when you, I assume that's your dog again. Sorry, so sorry. <laughs> no, no need to apologize. Again, I just want everyone to know if you hear those little noises, it's a dog. It's a dog. That's okay. I can hear your children. It's just my, it's my version. All right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah I, they're. They're oh yeah exactly. They're always crying about something. I can't ever figure it out. There was just a big 
scream like two minutes before we started recording, and I'm like, all right, nice. let's see. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I would say once a week or so, there's those kinds of just that moment of overwhelm moment of an overwhelming feeling of like I don't know what I'm doing, like I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. So, in my eyes, I guess that's what I. I guess we can call that the imposter syndrome. Um, but early on, I think, um, I mean, this is probably 2009 or so mm-hmm. when I'm like trying to work with clients for the first time. And I think everybody knows at this point that if you intend to sell something, then you must be confident about that thing. Otherwise, you are going to fail in selling that thing. So for me, it was like, okay, well, how do you get that confidence to sell things? Especially when you, when you know that you don't know what you need to know, but you don't know all the things that you're supposed to know. Did that make sense? I got it. I'm following. (laughs) Good. And, uh, you know, you go into... You know, you, you you have to go. You go into a lot of conversations, um, prepared to kind of bullshit your way through any potential problem. Yeah. And when you're in certain situations, you will go to no ends to just say the weirdest things sometimes to prove to somebody else that you have confidence in that thing. Yeah. Um. No, I, I've certainly been there where, you know, somebody would ask like, well, okay, well, how, how would you handle this? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that that was the correct answer. The correct answer was like, well, I don't know, but we'd figure it out or something like that. But instead, I'd make up this whole process that we had. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like digging myself deeper. Um, I just, you know, kept saying things. And it's like, shut up. Just stop. Stop talking. You're making worst. this way worse. That's the worst is when you just keep yeah. saying things. Yeah, and you're like when you're in too deep, you just can't, you just can't stop. Like the longer you talk, the the more difficult it becomes to be like. Actually, I don't know really what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I think there was just like a few scary moments for me early on where I was like, okay, well, again, it came down to confidence. Like, how do you get more confidence? Mm-hmm. And for me. I decided to just read as many books as I possibly can on every subject that I could possibly need to be a expert in. And um, uh, you can't see my bookshelf here, but there's at least 100 books or so that um, most of those were purchased because of a conversation where I'm like, ooh, I don't sound super smart in this and I need to understand this thing better. Like whenever someone's like, well, how do you decide to, how do you write a story? I'm like, "Mm, I don't uh, have a process again. I just kind of just think of it and then I write it. (laughs) And I realize, like, as I'm kind of going through this thing, like, that's not, that's not good enough. Again, if you're going to be paid a decent amount of money to do some of these things, Mm -hmm. then you need to be able to reassure people that you know what you're doing. And again, especially in those early stages where you, where every time that you do something is like the first time that you've done that thing before. So it's like, I've done things like this. I think I know what I'm doing, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, 
so for me, it was a lot of reading and a lot of like taking little courses and stuff like that mm-hmm. to the point where I started reading the same things over and over again till I started taking the same courses over and over again. I mean, taught by different people, but I'm like, this is just more of the same. And you kind of come to this realization that like, maybe I know all that I'm ever going to learn about this subject. And now the rest of what I learn is through experience. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, but so I don't know if a potential project comes in where it's like a big project and I'm like, Oh, we've never done anything like that before. It scares me a little bit, but you kind of learn to get excited by the scary things, I guess, after a little while, if that makes any sense. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I guess this is all kind of speaking to more of that client aspect of things. Um, but over time you start to, I guess over my time, over the last, I guess, 15 years or so, um, you start to get praise for different things and you start to win awards and, you know, we, we want to say that those things are meaningless, but at the same time, the more of that stuff that you get, again, it just, it helps boost your confidence. Now, some people probably a little too much. (laughs) Uh, but it's something that you have to kind of manage a little bit. I don't, I, it's, it's definitely not like this, like flip of the switch. Uh, you are now an expert in this thing and you're confident enough to talk on everything. But it, I just, I feel like it's something that it's over time with experience and the right amount of learning. I think that's the only way that we can overcome imposter syndrome. What do you think? I agree with this. Um, I think it's it's very interesting. I did a little bit of research beforehand because I wanted to come in because I know there's different types of imposter syndrome. And it's interesting, interesting. because the moment you said expert, that's one of the types of imposter syndrome. So there's the, the, the perfectionist, natural geniuses, rugged individualists, experts, and superheroes. Those are the five different types. That's interesting. Let's let's break this down. Yeah. Let's start with the first one. What was the first one? The perfectionist. What does uh, what's? Uh, I'm not sure if you had this yeah. in your in your notes. So the perfectionist is someone who um, I'm a perfectionist. Me personally, I I identify I identify with two of these. Um, perfectionist is someone where if it's not absolutely perfect every single time, like if they start to fail a little bit, they start to question everything. Like oh well, everything I've done up to this point is absolute shit <laughs> so right. it's like if if they start to question those things then the imposter syndrome kicks in it's like okay i actually have no idea what i'm doing which is interesting huh that doesn't describe me at all yeah you are oh the God. exact opposite of that <laughs> exact opposite you're like oh, i failed okay you know what we'll just hit up next oh uh, yeah i guess that's right. yeah let's go to the next one what's the next one um natural genius which, Sounds like me. No, <laughs> natural genius is like anyone who has a lot of natural aptitude. So if um, I, I identify with this because I did very well, like when I was younger in school, but then people mm-hmm. that usually do this, they also say that uh, this is a gifted kid syndrome as well, um, that the moment they get into the real world, 
and they're no longer being, um, the affirmation isn't coming from like grades or whatever, then they start to question themselves and actually, oh, am I really that smart? Do I really know what I'm doing? So then the imposter syndrome kicks in. So that's natural ability. Nice. That's not me either. <laughs> What's the next one? Rugged individualists. Those who have to Let's do everything on their own. And they refuse to accept help from anyone. Maybe. Maybe. What's the next one? This, this one, you've already said it. It's expert. So the expert okay. is someone who is going to study and learn as much as possible about a subject until they are all-knowing. And then have imposter syndrome when they realize they don't know everything. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more me than anything. Yeah. Was there another one there? Or was that Superhero. The so the person who is able to come in and save a project or, or be able to answer any question at any given notice. Interesting. No, I would say I'm the expert kind of imposter. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I like to put myself into situations where I almost have to prove my knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be a contestant on Jeopardy. <laughs> Creative Jeopardy. That's me. Yeah, yeah, especially. Or Sports Jeopardy. Yeah. I do good at either. And... Uh, I don't know why. I mean, it's probably because when I was a kid, that's like one of the few family activities we would always do. Seven o'clock, Jeopardy comes on. We all gather around and try to get more questions right than my dad. That was that was it. We just wanted to beat him. And uh, I don't know. So I've always been like a big trivia person. But I don't, I guess for me, like I, I don't necessarily find like satisfaction in just knowing things. I always want to, I want to be able to apply the things that I know mm -hmm. and I want to teach the things that I just learned. Yeah. Like I, I love to read a book and I don't, just, just understand a concept and then immediately tell somebody else where I'm like, oh, oh my God, like I just learned this thing. That's me. Um, and you said that you are a perfectionist. Yeah, I'm definitely a perfectionist. If something what goes wrong, that? I just kick myself. It's like, oh, no, I could have done this so much better. Why have I done this? But it also comes in, too, of looking for opportunities then in how you messed up, which can also be bad because then it's like sometimes it's okay to just accept an L, you know? It's okay. Right. But um, it's hard, though, especially if, if you know, younger creatives – it's it's difficult because you you there's almost there's the need to be able to prove yourself but how do we how do we break past that as creatives where we we no longer have to feel the need to you know get the approval of maybe the old guard or whomever is is right. around right i think that we all have our own insecurities right especially people that are younger and just getting into this industry because they see, Oh my God, I only have this many years of experience. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not supposed to know any of this stuff. The first job that I had, um, was a really weird experience for me. I felt like I needed to prove myself for about one week mm -hmm. 
in my entire, well, I shouldn't say my entire career. There's been moments, but this was like the most important week of my life at, at this moment anyway, was I got my first job. The, I was there for the first day with the, the person that was my supervisor. <clears throat> and the following day, they were going on vacation for one week. And I'm like, okay. Um, I was like freaking out about this because I'm like, I don't... Like, yeah, he gave me a couple things to do, but I don't... I don't it's weird. Like, I've never had a job before, so I don't really know... I mean, I had a job before, but like Home Depot yeah. and, working in a science center and grocery store, uh, those kinds of things. So I know how to keep busy, <laughs> but I just, I didn't know what the bar was. I didn't know what they were judging me on. So I was like, I need to make sure that when he comes back, that he's so impressed and feels like he made the right decision. And uh, I just, I don't know. I remember each day going in, just being nervous as hell. And I'm like trying to work on stuff like super fast I worked through the entire list of, of things, like ideas that he gave that he wanted me just to kind of work on. Like, there wasn't like any like specific project. It was like, hey, try to do this. Let's try to show this kind of concept, which was probably even worse because I'm like, I I don't like I have ideas, but they're not going to be the same as yours. Like, I don't know anything about this company. And when he came back, he's like, hey, I want to I want to talk to you uh, about something kind of serious. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I messed this up. And he's like, were you working on this stuff like after hours or like at home or something? I'm like, no. He's like, how did you get so much stuff done? And I was like, that's, that's all I needed. Yeah. (laughs) At that moment, I was like, okay, as long as like, I know that I'm not like, you know, bottom level, like not doing good. um, I was totally fine. Mm -hmm. So in this job, like I, you know, I got better and better over time to the point where, you know, I was probably one of the better ones on the team relatively quick over people that had a lot more experience than I did. So for me, that that helped calm a lot of those nerves. But not to keep going on this little story here, but then whenever I went to Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. that was different for sure. Because I go from being one of the better people at a company to flying out, taking a vacation to Los Angeles, crazy couple of weeks, end up moving there. Um, Wasn't planning on that at all. Even while we were there, wasn't planning on it. Um, But an opportunity came up and decided to take it. And I essentially only had two weeks of of work that was probably guaranteed. They're like, yeah, if you do good, then maybe we can keep you on longer. I'm like, so wait a minute. I have to quit this job over here because I ran out of vacation time. I just used it all up. Um, And I'm like, I'm going to have to quit this job and try this and hope that I can compete on a level that I've never done before. Now I say compete because that's, that's me, right? Other people probably wouldn't see it that way, but I'm like, I have to be either as good or better than everybody else that's there. If I intend to stay. And, um, that, that was crazy. 
because the first couple of days, I don't think I was doing that great. I saw other people doing this amazing stuff and I'm like, I just, I couldn't do that if I tried. Like these people, I knew that they had many years of experience over me, but it was really, really scary. And, um, luckily at the end of that two week period, the owners took me aside and they're like, Hey, we want you to stay. And I'm like, that's great to hear because I literally have no plan B here. (laughs) Um, so it's another one of those moments that just these little things happen over the course of your career where you just, you get a little bit of a boost in confidence. And to me, those were two of the biggest ones that I got. Now, on the flip side, there's little things that also happen in your career that will tear away at your confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so same company that I was working at um, a year and a half later or so, they pull me aside and they're like, hey, you're not doing great on this project. And I'm like, I thought I was doing a good job on this. And they're like trying to understand like, what's what's going on? Like, this isn't like you. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I literally just saw no problem at all. Like you're, this is shocking to me. Um, and a week after that business was slow there and they had to lay me off. Mm-hmm. It only lasted for a night. <laughs> I ended up coming in the next day cause they booked a project, but I don't know those, I guess the comparatively big moments that make you feel like you are, you know, on top of the world that you have this thing figured out that you are good, but then you have these moments where it just tears you yeah. apart and it's this constant struggle. It's, it's not like, it's not like points that you earn and you get to keep them. They go down, they go up. Um, even, even still to this day, I mean, there's, there's times where I'm like, like, fuck, like, sorry, I almost said fuck there. Oh, you did. <laughs> I know <laughs> we could, I don't know. We want to take it out or leave it in. We'll let the people decide. <laughs> um, I uh, there's there's times where I'm like I don't understand business at all. Like, like I just I feel like I have a really good hang of things. I'm like, all right, we have this figured out. I have all these things planned and predicted and everything. And then all of a sudden, like something happens where I'm like, I didn't see that coming. Like COVID was one of those times where I'm like, I'm like, we'll be fine. Like the, when it first happened, I'm like, I think we'll be fine. And then I realized we won't be fine. Um, and again, it's just those little things that just like you, you take a hit, but then you book another project and you're like, wow, okay. I was able to talk through that. Like, I don't know, like at this point, like I've had so many like client calls and stuff like that about projects where um, I, I feel like I do, I don't, I don't have like a speech or anything like that, but I have like little antidotes that I use that I know what works. I know based on like the doubts that they're showing what I should bring up. Um, and just hearing the response of, of people. I mean, again, that's just another one of those things that kind of build your confidence. If I was to go ahead and say the same stuff I always say that I think works, with people, but then somebody's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like it would 100% affect me. Um, even if it's just that one person, but this is, this is the struggle of like social media in general is that 
anytime that you try to do anything, put anything out in the world, you'll get you'll get a good amount of support from people, but then you'll get the one person that has to say something kind of rude or nasty. Yep. And that's the kind of stuff that sticks with you and it sticks at you because sticks with you because we we are inherently insecure about pretty much everything that we are and everything that we do, especially as creative people. Um, and it's, it's really easy to say, well, you know what? Just ignore what people say. Just, you know, just do you, you know, it's really easy to say that, but it is really hard to just, you know, follow through with that kind of stuff. It's very difficult. I think, especially for creatives in the age of social media, because I'm thinking back as like when, when I first started making things and putting it out into the world, you know, I can go back on those projects right now and see the comments, you know, and that's what's really hard is like, you know, it used to in the past, you know, somebody will say this to your face, they'll write it someplace, you're not going to be able to find it again. You know, it's gone in that moment. It's out there and it's gone. But the internet, everything is there forever and will always stick there. So it's it's hard because you can always go back and see everything, any little bit of criticism, and we focus on it. You know, we don't focus on all of all the great things, all the awards, everything right. else. We focus on those those little bitty nitpicky things that people have said in the past, and well, that can really tear you down. And that that's that's what creates imposters. Right. Yeah, I think I think that probably says it best right there. Honestly. Um. You know, one of the things that I would do, I keep going back to the story that I wasn't planning on telling here, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because it's pretty <laughs> funny. I remember when me and my cousin were probably in, I want to say sixth, maybe seventh grade, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. And um, I was over his house and he's like, he is panicked. He is freaked out. I'm trying to figure out why. And he's like, I'm supposed to call this girl tonight and i don't know what to say to her and i'm like okay and i'm i'm a year older than him uh at this point i was probably a a little bit more confident especially when it came to talking to girls (laughs) but at the same time i was like i was like okay how do you how do you solve this problem like how do you get over this little thing right here so I ended up helping him write a script, basically. I'm like, all right, if if she stops talking, you can bring this up. <laughs> you can bring that up. You can start doing this. And for like a 30-minute conversation, I'm staring at him trying to like give him like some feedback. And I don't know. It, it's just, it's funny because like that's, there's something about, having that level of humility mm-hmm. about not knowing something. Um, uh, now I, I believe he's much better at, <laughs> <laughs> at well, with I all of your 30, help. I'm sure three, I, that was all me, right? A big cousin. That's what I do. Um, but it just, I don't know to me. It's, it's a, a weird moment that just has always stood out to me. Um, again, just, to have that level of honesty with somebody and just to be able to say like, I don't know what I'm doing. Please help me. Um, and honestly, I think that, 
I think that's where I go now with a lot of things. It's like, okay, identify the things that you don't know. What are those insecurities mm-hmm. that you have? And attack them. Yeah. That That's my approach anyway. It's like, okay, like I'm really afraid to talk about like money on the first phone call. Like, great, let's spend the next week just trying to figure out how I need to talk better about money on that first phone call. Yeah. And... Like, it's, it's a tough thing. Like, it's still a little bit weird for me, but I'm not, like, scared anymore. I'm probably more scared ordering a pizza at this point. But <laughs> who calls and orders pizza oh. still? I don't know. But, um, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's really important to be able to identify what are those insecurities that you have. Because if you can label them, then you can easily overcome them. And it's a lot harder when you're younger, like I said, because there's just so many, so many insecurities. I'm afraid of, like, how I look on the phone while I'm talking about money. Like, that's not, I don't really think about that. (laughs) But, like, people might. And there's just, I think it can get really overwhelming when you start to, like you were saying, just sort of hyper-focus on those insecurities. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. I just, for me personally, I just refuse to let it be a thing. I think this is this is interesting. We've we've had this conversation before, but I'm an anxious person, and um, which is why I'm a perfectionist. But I refer to a lot of like my anxiety as weaponized anxiety, um, because one thing about it is if you weaponize your anxieties you can become acutely aware of yourself and it kind of forces you to, um, to look inward and look at your insecurities a little bit more. And you can kind of either choose to hyper-focus on those insecurities or you can choose to be aware of them. So that way, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, I have this insecurity. This is how I'm going to avoid this thing. This is how I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. This is how I can plan beforehand and be aware of those things. And when something does go wrong, because inevitably they do, no matter how much planning you go goes into it, you can respond to it in a more thoughtful way, I think. Um, like for me, you know, there's the whole thing of like, you know, we're talking about like being on a call with a client or something. That can be really stressful, especially for somebody with anxiety or with social anxiety or speaking to people. So being able to go in and be aware of those things beforehand, it helps you to kind of like not beat yourself up during it or afterwards because you already know. You already know yourself. You know, I know I'm awkward. I just embrace it. I embrace that I'm awkward and that's okay because it it makes it easier to not beat yourself up afterwards if you kind of are aware of those insecurities and those anxieties. And you just accept those things. I think that's a great point. It's it's sort of like, I don't know, you can let those things, if you understand your own identity a little bit more, it, it is much easier to mm-hmm. overcome a lot of those things. And I think that's how I am too. I mean, that's like, whatever, I'm going to wear a hat. I'm going to wear a hoodie most likely. And... If I'm talking to a client on the other end, like they might be wearing a suit. I'm not going to judge them and I expect them not to judge me. But if they do, oh, well. Um, I don't know. 
there, there's just again with me it's a little bit different because there's just just been 15 years of running into a lot of different situations and when you've seen enough situations you kind of just know how to get around them the the biggest thing for me though when it comes to my confidence was when I started teaching Mm -hmm. that was probably the ultimate test the ultimate test of knowledge (laughs) (laughs) um because whenever you're teaching in front of a class they will test you Mm -hmm. they will ask you questions that are really difficult um things that you can't just say well it's just kind of how it is like you need to have a real answer and i mean i mean there there's definitely times whenever i'm teaching where somebody would ask a question i'm like i have no idea like that's a great question but then i would immediately start thinking about it i'm like okay i've discovered a weakness uh <laughs> like let's read a book on this or if i'm interested in it anyway um but i just for me i always need to be able to explain things to myself and other people. And uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think confidence can come from a lot of different places, but nothing's better than experience and things like teaching, I think, are very high in the experience category. So I'm, I'm curious, because um, you've been doing Make Create Club, and then you've had some speaking engagements, you've been doing teaching, you know, and you have a lot of experience just in general over the last, you know, several years. Do you still feel when you're, when you're teaching, do you still have those moments of, okay, shit, I don't know this enough. I should really, I should really focus on this or focus my studies on this. I do. Um, I'm not like upset about it though. Mm-hmm. Whenever like I see, I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, here's here's the thing. Um, there's a part of me that feels like, again, I can bullshit my way through anything, and sometimes that's helpful. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, does that what I just said make any sense at all? Like, <laughs> I just said some stuff. Uh, like, there's there's times where I I surprise myself with what I say, yeah. sometimes especially if I'm teaching or if somebody asks a really difficult question in front of people, or if I'm giving a presentation or talk of some kind, I I'm like, I don't know what I'm about to say, uh, but I don't have an internal dialogue. So I don't say it like that. It just kind of comes out. In... I, I forget that about you. Yeah. No internal dialogue. <laughs> so I, it's just a feeling of like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess that's the only way I can explain it. Um, But for the most part, people ask a lot of the same questions Mm -hmm. to me at this point. They can phrase it in different ways, but ultimately it's kind of the same general questions. And I don't know. I I love teaching for that reason. I love that feeling of being scared of not knowing something Mm -hmm. because I'm like, Ooh, like, you've helped me discover something that I need to know more about. Um, but I don't know. Like, again, some people will ask really difficult questions and I'm like, all right, let me try to answer this and let's see what comes out. I don't know. Like there was a, um, at our last make create club class last week, somebody asked a question and this was like, like five minutes after, the class was supposed to end 
And um, I can't remember what the question was, but I said something and I was like, does that make sense? And like two or three of the students were like, wow, like I, that was an amazing way that you put that. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. It feels weird to say that out loud, but I'm like, like, I know generally what I was saying, mm-hmm. but I'm like, wait, how did I say that? Yeah, I need you guys to tell me right now because maybe I need to write this down. Maybe this is something that I've discovered without, I, I guess that's my thing. It's like, I discover more when I'm talking than I do when I'm internalizing anything. So because of that, whenever I'm talking, I'm learning sometimes too, like how I feel about a certain mm-hmm. thing or something. Um, but yeah, there, there's just a lot of times where I feel like I'm not really saying anything of use, but then people are like, wow, that's great stuff. Like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Glad I could help. But it's, yeah. it's very interesting because I think a lot of this um, relies on your perspective because your perspective is radically different in that um, in that regard of, okay, I don't know this. Ooh, there's an opportunity to learn something new. Um, I think there's a lot of fear in people of, I don't know this. Oh my gosh, I look like an idiot. You know, I should know this already. There's the pressure of, I should have already been aware of this, especially if I'm being asked to teach somewhere. I should already be aware of this. I should be an expert in everything. There should be nothing left for me to discover. But at the same time, there's, what good is that? You know, if, if there is nothing left to discover, there's, what more is there? You know, quit now, honestly, find something new to do if there's nothing left to learn. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's part of where that insecurity comes from. Again, I keep on saying like with younger people, it exists with everyone, mm-hmm. right? I think it's just a little more easy to notice in younger people. Okay. Um, it's just, they feel like they're supposed to know everything. Like right away. And that there is this thing of like 100% knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it doesn't work like that. Like it, it will change and it will adapt. You'll give a speech on something and then two days later you're like, I don't agree with that anymore. Like I've, I've changed because I did something, saw something, consumed something. Like because of this thing, now I no longer feel like that's true to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And like I think about that with like blog posts or videos that I make and I'm like, I can find things wrong with all those things. Yeah. But I'm not going to. I'm going to leave it there. Like, it's just, those are my thoughts. Uh, I'm not saying that they are facts necessarily. It's just like, this is where I'm at right now at this moment. And I think that's, I think that's a, a problem that a lot of people have is that, one, they don't feel like their thoughts are, I guess, valuable, first of all. Yeah. Um, and second of all, factual. Um, but if we've discovered anything since 2016 and politics, <laughs> uh, you don't need to say the truth. You could just say whatever you feel like, and it's great. Stuff out anyway, there. <laughs> yeah, that's how we that's how we roll. Anyway, um, but there's just there's so many little things that have helped me overcome those things, and it's. I guess another one of them was like making videos. Mm-hmm. So I, one year I decided like, all right, every week I'm just gonna try to make a video. I'll set up my video stuff in my basement. 
I'll write a script and I'll get a teleprompter and I'll read off this thing. Like I have an idea of something and I want to be able to talk about it. But I wasn't really good at speaking like that. Like I knew what I was talking mm-hmm. about. And over time, I, you can totally tell in those early videos, you can totally tell. You can see my eyes darting back and forth and I'm like kind of reading through stuff. But now I could read through something and I'm like, nobody would ever know. Um, like, like nobody would ever be able to tell that I was reading off of a script. And like, that's, that's a really cool skill that I have that I, it's not maybe worth a whole lot, but <laughs> it's just interesting. Um, but I don't know. It, it helped me again, just build the confidence that I needed mm-hmm. to be, just be able to do things. Um, cause ultimately if you want to do things that are not normal in this world. Like if you, if you want something big, if you want a lot of success in life, like you just, you have to do things that make you uncomfortable. And the sooner you get over the feeling of being uncomfortable, the sooner you can start on that actual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably more of a final thought, but I, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to bounce off of that though, because I do think that yeah. that's something that we should value more is just feeling uncomfortable with things. I think it's okay to just sit in those feelings and be uncomfortable because there's so much value in that. I mean, you can learn so much about yourself and about about what you're trying to learn. I mean, if if you don't feel uncomfortable, I mean, if you go into everything and you go, okay, I'm great at this, first try, that's not interesting. I mean, there's there's nothing else to do with this. If you're not uncomfortable with something, there's nothing more to learn. You know, I'm I'm really bad at video games. So I've been trying to push myself. I can't do video games at all. This, this is my thing. So I'm horrible. I don't understand them. I can do other things. Video games, not for me. I don't have the dexterity and my mind doesn't work like that. So I've been trying to push nice. myself to kind of, you know, okay, let's try and like learn some more about video games and how it works, work on the dexterity, you know, try and make my mind a little like make those quick, those quick decisions. I've been trying to like go to the arcade and stuff and be better at this. Um, but also, I'm like, I'm socially awkward, so it puts me in like a, a different position, right? So it's like, okay, I'm going to purposely put myself in a very uncomfortable position, and it's in a public area, because it just makes me, like, it makes me get out of that comfort zone, because it, it's so radically different than where I'm at. But at some point, I'll get comfortable with it, and it'll just be another thing, and I can move on, and I can go to something else that's uncomfortable. Because if, if we don't, if we don't learn, and we don't, you know, relish the the discomfort we don't appreciate it either when it is comfortable when it is something that we can run to for comfort right um i often think about musicians Mm -hmm. and they get up on a stage and they sing songs that they wrote Mm -hmm. that is not a natural thing to do and I don't know. Like I always, I always wanted to be able to do that, but like, I don't, I don't have that ability, um, musical or singing abilities anyway. Um, but I, I always think about that. Like sometimes you just have to have like, just almost this reckless confidence Mm -hmm. to, to do things that are really crazy. Um, I, I get again, it's all kind of like situational. Like I'm kind of comparing this to like going up on a stage, which uh, on March, let's see here, 
There's a little quick plug. <laughs> March 23rd, uh, I'll be speaking at uh, CSCA's March event um, with a talk that I'm calling 10,000 Distractions of a Creative Person, or 35,000 Distractions of a Creative Person. And um, it's fun for me to... And it's a little scary, right? Mm-hmm. It's always a little scary when you're like about to walk up to the front of the room. But like to me, like that's, I don't know, you start to really enjoy that feeling. I, it sounds super weird, I guess. Like it, it is, it's uncomfortable. But it's really special when you can get yourself to do something that makes you really, really scared. Yeah. Like it's almost like a roller coaster, but I hate roller coasters. Um, and... I don't know. I guess another part of it is like when you practice enough, you get to compete again. I kind of yeah. keep keep coming to that. And it's like, it's like, great. Now let's test my knowledge. Let's test my practice at this point and see what happens. Um, like at this point, I'm pretty confident that I'm not just going to completely freeze up. Because if I did, I would probably just start telling jokes or something. Um but but that's the complete opposite story of like when I was in like middle school, if I had to go up and give a speech of some kind, like that was pretty bad. I remember them. I And I, that's the thing is like I always felt like I was the worst by far. Like everyone else, at least they could come up with an idea and I could understand it. <laughs> and I felt like whenever I went up, I was just like just, just saying sounds <laughs> I'm like this, is, this doesn't even make sense does it um, anyway alright I talked enough on that uh, let's do some final thoughts sorry my, my air kicked on in the background so it's a little loud in the background but um, nice. it's a rock show it's a rock show we've also had some, some jets flying overhead but um, nice. no I think I think for this imposter syndrome is so different in everyone I'm kind of going back to those five types it, it manifests in a lot of different ways. Um, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of it just comes down to knowing yourself and getting back to that is being aware of who you are and how you react to things. Um, and letting yourself feel those, those things and in, that it's okay to react a certain way or to feel uncomfortable, that all of that is, is very valid. I think... I think a lot of it with imposter syndrome is is validating the fact that you feel that way, accepting it, and being able to move forward from those feelings because that allows you to grow. Yeah, love that. What I would say is um, we often use that phrase, fake it till you make it. And I, I have a love-hate relationship with that saying. Um because you also don't want to lie. You could just be honest. You don't need to fake it. Like you can try it and then apply it. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing here. Um, but I just, to me, that was my strategy early on because that's what everyone kept saying. I'm like, okay, so I just got to pretend like I know this thing. And you can tell by the looks that people would give. They're like, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, and we'd all just carry on the conversation as if I did. <laughs> um, and I guess if I could go back, I, I would. I, I would just, 
I would say that. I would say, hey, you know what? I've only been in the industry for a year or two. Like, I'm, there's still a lot that I'm learning, but I'm really confident in my abilities that I have. Like, I'm, maybe I'm just a little bit weird, or maybe I am a little awkward, um, but I still feel like I can do a great job here. Because that would be telling the truth. Like, I don't know. I, I, I never had an issue as far as that goes. I mean, there's been times where a client doesn't like what you do and stuff like that, but I've always been like, oh, I can fix that. We can fix that. As long as we understand it, we can fix it. Um, but I guess what I would say just overall, my final thought is, is be careful of the fake it till you make it. I think that, um, instead of that, it's, it's really just practice as much as you can for the real thing. And again, when you find those weaknesses that you have, if you perceive them as weaknesses anyway, do something about it. Talk to somebody that knows that subject matter. Talk to, uh, Google. Google has a lot of answers. Or or Bing. Right? Everyone's using Bing these days, right? Um but I, I don't know, like just to be able to figure out what the questions are that you have is literally most of the battle when it comes to just understanding things and knowing things. So it's I don't know. Just cherish those moments when you don't know things and be understanding with yourself and have a strategy of some kind. And over time, again, you will be able to have an answer for any question that's going to pop up. I honestly, I, st- I didn't say this before, but I have a list of um, client objections because those are the hardest. And I've heard so many over the years and I've never been able to like successfully answer very many of them, especially early on. But I was like, wow, I can never answer that question well. But like, I'm always surprised by it. Why am I surprised by that? So I have a list of objections that I refer to that list all the time. I'll go through there and just read through those, refresh my memory on like, all right, here's what you say to this. Here's what you say to that. So it's kind of like giving a sixth grade kid a script for talking to a girl for the first time. (laughs) I guess in a way. Yep. That's all I got. Anything else, Shelby? I think that I think that that was a good bookend. That was good. Good, great. All right, <laughs> that's all we got. And uh, I wish you all a good week, a, a good day, and I love you. Bye. The Comanche Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdc.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.